The holiday season is now upon us. The year is absolutely flying by, and the news never stops. That's why we at the DSR Network have expanded our programming to cover even more of the world's events. We hope you will consider supporting our work by becoming a member. Members enjoy an ad-free listening experience, bonus content for virtually all of our shows, an invitation to the member-only Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of November, you can take 50% off the membership price for the first month. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code STUFFING at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code STUFFING. Thank you very much for your support. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Rothkopf. We've got two others, as we do every day when we look at the news from around the world. One is Chris Cotmore. How are you doing, Chris? Doing well, thank you. And another is Riley Fesser. How are you doing, Riley? Not too bad. Excellent. Well, that's a great way to start the day. Um, Chris, first story. Today's election day in the United States. So I'm starting with uh, some reaction to the polls that were released yesterday. Uh, New York Times Siena poll indicating that Biden was behind in five battleground states. Um, I saw some interesting tweets from uh, friends and other folk commenting. Um, but one of the things that I kind of thought would happen um, was a bit of a rethink of their strategy which they've been touting Biden's record, which is certainly the right thing to do. But if it's falling on deaf ears, uh, then I think you have to start going at the record of Donald Trump, um, even though it's as plain as can be in black and white. Um, People are still discounting the fact that he's been indicted four times. In fact, Joyce Vance says, seriously, People are concerned about why Joe Biden is running, but they're okay with twice impeached, four times indicted, classified material mishandling, civilly liable for sexual assault, and essentially just as old Donald Trump running. Please think for yourself. I think that sentiment captures beautifully um, what at least I... (laughs) I'm thinking. And on Thursday, we'll have a podcast uh, with our friend Simon Rosenberg, where we'll discuss the polls and other things heading into the election. Yeah, today people are going to look very closely at Virginia, see whether the Democrats do okay or whether they lose uh, both houses of the uh, legislature. Uh, This will affect not only, uh, you know, sort of people's views of how Dems are doing, but it'll affect the the viability of the potential candidacy of the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin. Uh, Of course, in Ohio, Riley's home state, we will also be looking at uh, uh, a a vote on whether uh, to guarantee the right to an abortion in the Ohio state constitution. Uh, Right now it's leaning like uh, that'll happen, but uh, uh, it'll be another indication um, of whether the abortion issue, as it has been for the past few years, will be a big driver come next year. Um, and, uh, uh, of course, that's a kind of an albatross around the neck of the GOP at the moment. Riley? Yeah, so you've segued beautifully into my first story, which is that uh, abortion ballots in Ohio. 
it's issue one, and this is a referendum to protect abortion access, as you mentioned. It would change the state constitution to provide the right for every person to, quote, make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions um, before a fetus is viable outside the womb, which is usually 23 or 24 weeks of pregnancy. So this would prevent the six-week abortion ban that was passed by Republicans from being enacted. Um, thankfully, so far, that has been tied up in the courts, so it has not actually been implemented yet. Um, but yeah, just as you mentioned, a, a big a big issue. It's going to see if we can go seven for seven on protecting abortion across both blue and red states. Um, so far, the polling shows that it's favorable to pass, as you said, but the Ohio Republicans have certainly been pulling out all the stops to change the language and make it as close of a race as it can be. So it's one to watch. Yeah. And they did try uh, over the summer to uh, change the law so that the, the vote would have to pass by 60% as opposed to 50%. And they failed at that. So people see that as an indicator uh, that uh, this, this might also uh, go the way of people who are uh, advocates that women should be able to make decisions regarding their own bodies. Chris. Uh, my next story concerns um, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stating that once this conflict is over, uh, that Israel would assume security for Gaza. Um, previously, and, and I think I need an education here in uh, foreign policy in, in this particular region, because it was previously said that Israel intended to essentially end their responsibility in Gaza after the conflict was over, um, which begs the question, aside from protecting yourself against Hamas, and in theory, um, even if Israel is successful and we can debate what that actually means, um, isn't turning over if, if if their if their initial uh response was essentially to 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 ignore wouldn't Hamas you know essentially reorganize um and why the turnabout here you know what i i i don't think Netanyahu's statement about protecting Gaza after this is over is um particularly uh, a, a heartwarming statement well, first of all, he didn't say protect. What he said was that they would have to administer it. Uh, raises a lot of other questions, of course. They've destroyed much of Gaza. That They've uh, got plans to destroy more of it. And the question is, first, will they pay for rebuilding it? Who will pay for rebuilding it? Will they pay for the humanitarian services that follow? Will they ensure that everybody has water and health care and electricity? It's unclear what he means. Uh, it, if, if, if Israel is to assume responsibility for those things, it will be a, an enormous burden. And that is the reason why Israel um, uh, pulled out of Gaza the first time. Uh, they didn't want to be burdened with that. Uh, but if their goal is to destroy Hamas, there has to be a replacement. Uh, and they haven't really thought this through. And I think that's you know something that a number of articles that have come out recently have zeroed in on. Israel doesn't have a plan except let's destroy Hamas. Uh, and uh, even that plan is rather broad, as we discussed on the spy show on Monday, uh, and probably should be uh, sh should be narrowed somewhat 
to destroying the capacity of Hamas and the leadership of Hamas, um, as opposed to uh, everybody within Hamas, which is next to impossible. Um, so, uh, you know, Netanyahu's saying they're going to assume control. Um, I, I, I think maybe his effort at saying, oh, see, we have a plan. But it's not a plan. There are a lot of questions associated with it. And I think the international community is going to be super, super uncomfortable with the idea that they're just going to come in, set up a police state, not take care of the, the people within Gaza, uh, not create a new political option for those people among Palestinian leaders. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those statements that means a lot and may mean nothing at all. We just, we're going to have to watch very closely. Riley. So Donald Trump took to the witness stand yesterday in his New York fraud trial, and it went more or less how you would expect. Almost immediately went off the rails, and he started bashing everyone involved with the case, including Letitia James and the judge overseeing the case. Um, one thing, though, is he did admit to helping assemble the annual financial statements submitted to the banks. Um, so this is one of the things that the prosecutors are really trying to get was Trump admitting his involvement in some of these statements um, to admit that he he oversaw the inflation of the value of the assets. He did try and minimize the importance of the statements um, after he admitted that he did oversee them. But yeah, I mean, it was exactly what you'd expect from Trump. It was the same kind of strategy that the rest of his family's been using of trying to blame everyone but themselves. He just also went about attacking basically anyone in the room that he could set his sights on. So it was a mixed bag. And our friend of the show, Norm Eisen, has a lot of great coverage on this on his Twitter. I encourage everyone to go check that out for some more analysis. Uh, yeah. Harry Lippman also with the, at Talking Feds, they have some analysis. Uh, and, and a number of our other friends of the shows have, have, have commented on it. Uh, Trump's performance yesterday was akin to, if any of you have had children, ha you know, when your child sits in the high chair and throws all the food on the floor. Uh, you know, that's essentially what he was doing. He was having a little bit of a, a tantrum. Um, uh, uh, the analysis of some who know Trump is he was behaving that way because his brand is at stake and, and this is very personal for him. Uh, the analysis of others was, uh, you know, this is a political thing for him. He, he, his supporters love this and love the idea that he's persecuted and, you know, he uses it to raise money. Um, and as we discussed yesterday, you know, in the polls, uh, that apparently these trials do not hurt him, uh, in part because his uh, rivals for the Republican nomination will not criticize him uh, for these things, or most of them won't, except for Chris Christie. Uh, but having said that, um, if he gets convicted, it starts to change. Uh, we talked about that yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I just don't think we know. I don't think we know how the electorate will deal with a guy who's found guilty of fraud and, and has to give up a bunch of his assets and then perhaps is convicted in the case that begins in March by Jack Smith in Washington, D.C., uh, possibly also convicted in the in the in the Atlanta Georgia case, um, uh, you know I think we can count on Judge Cannon to drag her feet and behave in a completely inappropriate way, uh, biased towards Trump. But we don't know how that's going to affect the electorate. We don't. We we've just never seen this kind of thing before, and we don't know how it's going to affect Trump, who's an incredibly volatile character.
Sorry, quick question. Is is there jail time associated with this case or is it going to be just... No, this is a civil case. And, uh, you know, the sort of big outcome would be is if the case, uh, uh, the judge found, you know, a lot of wrongdoing and then the prior decision to suspend his business licenses in New York um, were upheld. Uh, and he had to start selling off, you know, his assets. He had to sell Trump Tower. He had to sell um, 40 Wall Street. He had to sell uh, some of the other big assets that he's got. Um, uh, it, it, you know, and he can't, and if he can't operate a business in New York State, that'll be a really big deal, a real big blow to his 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 organization. And I think the other thing is with a lot of, uh, real estate kind of businesses where you've got assets, but they're not liquid assets. Uh, if all of a sudden, you know, he, he has to pay New York State $250 million, that could have a really substantial effect on his liquidity. Uh, and that could have a knock-on effect on the rest of his businesses. He'll just take it from his donors. My, my last story is uh, going to be quick because when I was going through the coverage of King Charles's first speech, uh, this morning to Parliament, everyone was on top of it. BBC, The Guardian, they all had their live feeds. Um, when I just went back to the BBC website, it doesn't even warrant uh, a story um, in the first May or the second half. And I was like scrolling through for a while. In any case, I think a lot of people were hoping to hear more about issues uh, impacting public services and education. Um, instead, what they heard was some um, proposals for new laws on criminal justice, the green agenda, and measures to tackle smoking and vaping um, in the UK. But uh, anyway, King Charles' first speech to Parliament seems like it was a big dud. Um, look, look, I you know we we have a lot of you know members and listeners out there. And I value all of you, so I don't. I don't really want to offend you, but the notion that the monarchy in England still exists is so insane, and these people are so weird. And we've for our whole lives we've seen that they're weird, and so you've got these rich, weird old people who, by virtue of you know somebody hitting somebody over the head with a big stick, like you know a thousand years ago, are in charge of of this, it, it, you know, and then they're just sort of nattering on as if they have some role to play in society. It's cuckoo. I mean, the clothes are interesting. You know, the, 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 the carriages are very beautifully painted. Uh, it's nice to have tradition. Uh, somebody pounds on the door of the parliament with a black rod and everybody leaves and then they go and they listen to this stuff. Hey, but to me, you know, it's like let's let's move on. This is so antiquated, um, and 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 it's so contrary to all the values of modern civilization. Um, and you know, I mean, enough's enough. Let's turn the page. King Charles should be the last king. Well, speaking of weird people <laughs> and values counter to modern civilization, Mike Johnson uh, has been making oh, headlines yeah. yet again as the world continues to discover who this guy is. Uh, and the latest story is really a doozy. An old, <laughs> clip from 20, an old clip from 2022 resurfaced where he was talking about installing accountability software on his computer and other devices. Uh, 
So it's a it's a weird story, but it does have pretty, I think, serious implications. Go on, go on. What did he use the accountability software for? For those of you who are lucky enough to not know what this is about, uh, it monitors activity on your devices and sends a report to your accountability partner. So it's essentially a way for him to make sure he's not watching porn and that his son, who is his accountability partner, was also not watching porn. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I think to most people, that's really weird on the face of it. But it also does have serious implications that the Speaker of the House has a third-party software that's reading all activity across all his devices that's going to another company. But to me, the other interesting part is how he views the role of tech and surveillance in instilling his moral values on other people. I think that is also a pretty troubling sign. Um, if that's any indication of how he's going to legislate, I think it's reason to be afraid. Wait, and who's his accountability partner? His, it is his, at the time, his 17-year-old son, Jack, which is even, again, much weirder. Every step of it just gets weirder and weirder. This guy also is weird. I mean, I think there's a theme here to today's you know, news. I mean, Trump is a lunatic. He's nuts. You know, he's yelling at the judge on the stand, you know, saying, you know, you called me a fraud and you don't even know me. Um, and, and, you know, nobody thinks it's a good strategy to yell at your judge. And, and King Charles is tottering into his carriage and tottering out and saying, let's not vape anymore. And, and then on, on, on top of that, you've got Mike Johnson, who thinks the world's 6,000 years old and that, you know, 7 million species of animals got on a little boat to save them from the rain. And that, you know, uh, he should be, you know, and, and that it's a, you know, an appropriate thing for him to do to, you know, sort of be jointly, you know, monitoring porn intake with his son. And I, I mean, and, and by the way, who apparently doesn't have a bank account. I mean, I don't even understand how this is possible. There were a whole bunch of other stories that were like Mike Johnson's financial reports show that he has no assets. Like he's making $200,000 a year. He's a congressman. What the heck is going on? What the heck is going on with his assets? Uh, um, you know, I, I think that story needs some digging. Riley, if you have any time in the, your spare time, please find out where are Mike Johnson's assets? What cult are they part of? What group have he, has he given to them so that they can be used to build a new ark? I mean, it's Google. There's a lot of craziness out there. Fortunately, you guys are sane and, you know, you're, you know, summing up what happens in the news in a sane way. And all of you who are listening are all sane and wonderful people. Uh, and you can see this for what it is, which is that the world's kind of off. You know, the percentage of people in the world who are nuts are it's kind of it's kind of higher than you thought it was when you were growing up. I mean, let, let, let's end on this. Chris, what percentage of people do you think are, you know, a little broken, a little bent, a little off. A hundred. A hundred. A little off, a little broken. A <laughs> hundred. I can tell you I am a little off and a little broken. It just might not, not come across. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, for those of you, I've, I've, known, I've, known, I've known Chris for a long, long time, many, many years. He's the sanest, most normal person you will ever meet in your life. And yeah, he's a little off. What about you, Riley? What's the percentage? 
Oh, 100%. <laughs> <That's> absolutely <laughs> on the money. It's 100%. So I think I think we have a concurrence here that everybody's just a little bit cracked and some of these people are in the news are way more than a little bit cracked. Right, but Trump uh, but is a lot cracked. I mean He's a lot cracked. No, yeah. he's a lot he's a, he's a Mike lot Johnson cracked. is a lot there. cracked. He's yeah. a lot cracked. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so our conclusion is King Charles is the sanest one of the bunch. That's so weird, folks. It's so weird. Anyway, that's your day. That's your news. That's the world you live in. I can't help it. There's no plan B. Go live in that world and come back tomorrow and we'll have more news. Until then, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Riley. Thanks to everybody for listening. And bye-bye. <laughs>